Last time on Quarantine Quest. It finally happened. They all met in a tavern. The party arrived at the broken anvil to meet whoever sent them the mysterious summons. The reason behind the murder of Bonal Geldum is revealed, and Lady Eladrin Decaneth hired the party to pick up where he left off. Kalita and Nero went shopping at the biggest magic item shop in town and met the weirdest shopkeeper in all of Eberron, probably. What's next? Let's take a look. You descend uh, a couple few levels following the map that uh, Lady Eladrin had given you until you come to uh, what is known as the Rat's Nest. It is a, uh, a network of catacombs and uh, lots of little markets. No pushing, no pushing. There's always enough room for everyone at the Rat's Market. We need to collect something. Gotta collect something, huh? What you looking to collect? Oh, E213 Valve Cluster, that's the one you're looking for, yeah? E213? I believe so. Oh, right here! I've got... And he lifts up his hand and points at the palm of it. The directions to a certain Valve Cluster! Crazy! How much is it worth to you? With all due respect, you're not taking advantage of him. You want to talk about who's being taken advantage of around here? Yeah, yeah, take a good look at your fucking clothes, kids. Take a good look at your fucking clothes and then look at the entire underbelly of this city and tell me who's taking advantage of who. Fuck off! Mr. Ragtag, would you like to be our guide? Not gonna be your guide, following rich folks around at the bottom of a city's asking to be killed. Just give me the five gold and I'll tell you where the valve is, kid. You have the Provost's journal. Give the book to me and you can live another day. Refuse, and the servants of the Lord of Blades will make your death slow and painful. Please, sir, we wish you no quarrel, but I don't believe we can give you this journal. He cuts you off mid-sentence and just says, I'm not interested in bargaining with you. The journal for the Lord of Blades or death. Those are your only two options, and I recommend you choose quickly. Well, cowabunga it is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I can save that. Who is trying to stop our new friends from getting to the depths of Dorashorn Tower, and why? Stay tuned to find out. This is Quarantine Quest. Rising like a haphazard crown above the heart of Breland is the incredible metropolis known as Sharn. Commonly called the City of Towers, it is the largest city in all of Corvair, and the most wondrous. Built atop a magical manifest zone linked to the plain of Serenia, the azure sky, Sharn's gravity-divine heights are home to a dazzling array of wonders. Skyscraping towers with webs of walkways and skyways between them. The sky docks of Precarious, where massive cranes pull cargo hundreds of feet up the cliffside from the rivers below. The lauded theaters of Memphis. The great vault bank of House Kundarak, set high above Sharn's central plateau. The airships of House Lirindar, docking and departing amidst the heavy clouds. The Tain Gala, a spectacular event thrown by the sixty merchant families of Sharn that draws thousands of citizens for its revelries. And Morgrave University, home to the Dezina Museum drawing academics, scribes, sages, and students from all over Breland and beyond. Yet, if one takes the trouble to take more than a passing glance downward, 
they would see that beneath this dazzling construct of infinite wonder, there is a rotting and slowly crumbling foundation. Poverty plagues Sharn's lower wards. Some barely make their way performing menial labor where it can be found. Some employ themselves in the red light districts that can be found not a mile from Sharn's welcome. And some make a living with one of Sharn's infamous criminal organizations. Many more live in complete squalor. It is in these low levels of Sharn where those unofficially deemed undesirable or lesser citizens usually make their homes. Orcs, Goliaths, and Goblinoids from the nation of Droam. Warforged with nowhere to go after the last war. And Shifters, the true-born descendants of humans and the now extinct natural lycanthropes of Eberron. A culture now shunned for the bestial aspect that others fear. The streams of wealth that impress on most visitors to Sharn may not trickle down to its depths, but there are festering pools there nonetheless. Reservoirs of untreated hurt and resentment fed by the thousands of lives that Sharn forgets. bid Madame Magoo, or whatever the fuck I said her name was, farewell, and depart her madcap house of magical mumbo-jumbo, and uh, you begin your descent into the lower levels of the city of Sharn. Um, as I said before, you know, there's the standard ground level, there's the many tiers above, but there's also many tiers below. Anywhere on the ground level, you can kind of find yourself... Um, having to avoid uh, kind of what looked like stairs, stairs down into subways. Um, at some points, there's several miles of ground that is actually metal grating, and you can see people down below uh, kind of conducting their own business or hanging out or doing whatever things that they do. So you descend uh, a couple few levels following the map that uh, Lady Eladrin had given you until you come to the uh, entrance at the bottom of Dorisharn Tower, to uh, what is known as the Rat's Nest. It is a, uh, a network of catacombs uh, that was formerly the bottom floors of this tower. Uh, lots of walls have been kind of knocked out. Um, it hasn't damaged the foundation at all, but it is a maze of back streets, alleys, filled with uh, various rogues and um, unsavory characters, uh, unsavory quote-unquote, probably to, to most of you and uh, lots of little markets. Um, they're all collectively called the Rat's Market, uh, but they're little pop-up stalls run by goblins or shifters or various humans um, who just kind of have random wares that they've scrounged or uh, scavenged or possibly stolen. Nobody asks. As we travel there, can Nero try and figure out what exactly this staff is and does? Go and roll Spellcraft. Knowledge Arcana. Yeah. 16. Ah, uh, you have no fucking clue. I don't know if I'm going to regret this decision or not. Um, you can you can hear the faint whisper of a voice uh, in the back of your head that just says, 
I guess we'll find out. So the tunnels and corridors uh, of this level of the tower are narrow and dark. An occasional window slit looks out upon the crowded walls and foundations of other towers and infrequently placed torches sputter here and there, giving off pallid pools of light and clouds of smoke. The air is thick and choked with a variety of scents, smoke being the least pungent among them. Rough and dirty people crowd the narrow corridors. One tunnel opens onto a large chamber where a mix of goblins, humans, and shifters gather around a small pile of what looks to you like garbage spread across three rotting blankets. One of the goblins shouts, No pushing! No pushing! There's always enough room for everyone at the rat's market! And everybody kind of gives a, a series of chuckles and claps, um, and you hear the goblin go, Who's next? Out of curiosity, what do we see on the blanket? <laughs> Uh, go ahead and roll a uh, perception check. Or I guess, what's your what's your passive perception? Several minutes of confusing perception banter later. Kalita and Nero, uh, you two see just like a couple wands that are obviously like completely broken, like Ron Weasley level shit. Uh, they've been kind of like glued or tied back together with string. Uh, you see a number of like random pieces of armor or notebooks uh, that are kind of, you know, wet and water warped. You see a number of uh, crumpled feather pens, uh, a big old pile of clothing of mysterious size, origin, um, and state of decomposure. But among it of potential interest are an unused sunrod, a bell, a scratched steel mirror, and 50 feet of rope. Uh, Those are about the coolest things he has. So a part of the reason you're you're here at the Rats Market is because the the entrance to Dorisharn's Tower, where it is marked on the map, is very vague. All all, all you see is E dash two thirteen Valve Cluster. So um, you you guys have no fucking idea where you are or what you're doing, other than you're close. You're at the base of Dorisharn Tower, so um, someone in here might be able to help you find it. What do you guys do? Like, I think Nero's first. Yeah, like thought would just be to you know maybe ask one of the locals. Okay, um, so would you would you ask like the merchant or just the guy standing nearest you? Um, probably standing nearest to me. All right, uh, the man standing next to you is a, uh, a heavily muscular, very hairy man with a very very tattered homespun tunic, kind of hanging loosely off his body. Uh, his fingernails are very dirty, and uh, he he reeks of wet fur. Do you, how do you how do you approach this man who's much much larger than you? Excuse me, sir. Uh, what you want? Um, would you happen to know where we might be able to get lower in lower on this tower? That's the entrance. We need to collect something. Gotta collect something, huh? What you looking to collect? And he turns around. Um, he 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 turns around with kind of a, a glimmer of of interest and malice in his eyes. Um, and you see a number of other people kind of start to start to shift and kind of look over at, uh, look over at what's going on. Kind of looking nervous. Oh, just an old book. Something for the college. Oh, we got a college boy over here, huh? Hi, everybody. The college boy is looking to collect something. Think we could help him. 
and the several several people kind of chuckle and kind of start walking towards your your guys's group. Can I get in the goblin's face? What <laughs> goblin? Or not the goblin? If you get a goblin voice, my brain thought goblin. It's late. I'm tired, but. So the 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 big the big dude. You want to get in his face? Yeah. Also bringing my own dude, big dude behind me. So uh, you you step forward, um, your skeleton dog clattering up to your feet. You hear one guy just go, and kind of step back as he walks by. Um, And all you have to do is walk up with Arcturus walking behind you, and the guy kind of looks up and uh, steps back a little bit, attempting to maintain his his, his straight face. These your friends there, college boy? We are. Is there a problem? No, just wondering how we can... uh, Help you find whatever it is you collect, and I'm guessing uh, Mamby Pambies wouldn't come all the way down here to uh, grab a couple uh, bells and shit on rags from old uh, Ragtag's uh, <laughs> blankets over there. We just need to get to the lower levels. Nah, well, you're in the lower levels, unless you're looking for the deep lower levels. That would most likely be it, but I will admit the Scratch Steel Mirror does look interesting. Well, if you can afford it, I'm sure Ragtag would appreciate it. You've never been to this city, have you? When I say lower levels and lower, lower levels, there ain't no specific place. We're talking about this whole fucking little bluff peninsula piece of shit city. But miles and miles underground, unless you got something more specific for me, can't help you with shit, I'm afraid. Could you perhaps get us to the 50th level? The 50th level? Uh, very vague. The, the deep places are hard to get into. There's only a few passages that I know of, and most of them are halfway across the city. You got, a, you got an entry point or anything? And you, you, keep, you keep looking at that book, and he kind of steps forward and puts his hand out. And I see it? Unfortunately not. Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, you're, you're right. Common, common thug like me can't read a big college boy book. No, 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 please don't, don't be offended. It, it's from a friend who died. He kind of, uh, he kind of stops and seems genuinely, uh, genuinely and awkwardly apologetic. My, my bad there. Okay, uh, well, you, you keep looking at that book. Any, anything in there that's helpful? To E-Cluster mean anything? Uh, probably referring to a, on a valve valve thingy majigs down into the city in the sewers and and uh ragtack the goblin over on the blankets he goes oh somebody looking for a valve cluster <laughs> i know all the all the sewers around the city old ragtack does how do you think i'm the best salesman on the rats market come here come here come here okay um yeah he just approaches his his blanket and, you know, me and my down, bone dog are speak. gonna clatter up with our tourists behind us Probably still glaring off the the crowd who started to come in around my sweet little nerd friend. And uh, what are what are, are are you just following along, Humana and Torbjorn, or uh, do you guys have points of interest at all? Um, I'm gonna probably like follow around, kind of be uh, more on guard, kind of looking around uh, to see if there's like any threats, um, or if anyone's like getting all weird or anything. Um, it's definitely a tense environment all around you. Um, you, you hear a couple people muttering, um, you hear the, you hear the, the word 
uh, fat cats mentioned in like a spitting tone at one point. Um, and uh, you hear, you also hear the word pockets at some point uh, when you're kind of walking around. There's a lot of people crammed in there and the chatter's difficult to decipher. Uh, the, the whole environment is very, very tense. It wasn't exactly the friendliest place before you walked up, but now it's, uh, there's definitely some, some stuff hanging in the air. Nero's gonna hold the book, ring, and his new staff really close to him as he sits down. Humana is doing her best to look very relaxed, but staying very close to Arcturus. Can Mr. Whiskers know a trick? I can say that you probably know one trick for him. Cool. She's just gonna look at him and be like, time to pop. And she's gonna roll her neck with an audible, like, crack. And then Mr. Whiskers is going to rotate his whole head. And just that gross popping noise with no flesh to contain it. Go ahead and roll it in. Well, the popping noise actually is the flesh. Uh, but go ahead and roll an Intimidate check regardless. 17 plus 2. 19. 19. Uh, several, several people. Like, one guy's just like... And kind of steps aside. A bunch of other people, like, clear the way as you guys walk directly up to Ragtack the Goblin. Um, even he looks a little bit shook. Um, he, he keeps talking to you in the same, you She's know, just eyeballing him the whole time. She's never broken eye contact. And keeps, neither has Mr. Whiskers. He keeps talking to you in the same uh, madcap salesman tone, uh, but keeps glancing back at the at the dog about every 15 seconds. Oh, E213 for Alcluster. That's the one you're looking for, yeah? E213? I believe so. Yes. <laughs> I know I know exactly where it is. But uh yeah, before before I tell you about it, I've I've got a why don't you take a look at what I've got? I've got a rare stick of sealing wax, only partially used, mere sixty coppers. Uh, or maybe you could use this fine woolen blanket. Just a hint of mildew, only thirty nine coppers. And uh, how, how how about a skewer of boiled rat meat for just five silver for you? Uh maybe I could uh, uh, uh just, oh right here. I've got oh, and he lifts up his hand and points at the palm of it. The direction to a certain valve cluster. Crazy. How much is it worth to you? Mr. Ractac, if you don't mind, I don't mind paying you about five gold. If his, his, his eyes immediately get as big as fucking saucers. Go ahead and roll a... Go ahead and roll a... Just a, just a flat-out charisma check. Humana is going to lean over and whisper to Nero, you probably could have done one. Awesome. I'm just gonna be sitting here, like thinking, like, great. Now they, now we're targets. Thanks, man. It's, it's going to kind just of glare like at you. Nice. <laughs> uh, non-natural one. A natural one. Um, non-natural one. Non-natural one. Oh yeah. lord. Um. So he's gonna. Oh. Is that all? <laughs> that is all. All due respect, ma'am, you didn't offer to pay me. He looks up at Nero. With all due respect, you're not taking advantage of him. Admittedly, Mr. Ragtag, we do. I would like those directions. And if you'd like, I can come back later to see you, Wes. Every now and again. So, um... <laughs> in this... I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll real quick. So uh, one guy's gonna step out of the crowd. Uh, you see a you see a very like lean, wiry uh, looking guy. He's got a he's got a long long greasy beard. 
Um, he's, he's wearing what looks like, uh, what used to be like maybe decently nice clothes, you know, like maybe an accountant or a scribe or something like that, uh, that are very, very dirty and worn down, uh, definitely well used. Uh, he, he's tried to comb his greasy beard, but you can tell he hasn't washed in a long time. Um, and he's going to say, you want to talk about who's being taken advantage of around here? Yeah, yeah, take a good look at your fucking clothes, kids. Take a good look at your fucking clothes and then look at the entire underbelly of this city and tell me who's taking advantage of who. Fuck off. Ragtag can ask for as much goddamn money as he wants. You could give him your fucking shoe and it'd be worth about three times that. And he spits on the ground. Are you quite finished? I don't know, boys, am I? And he's going to turn around and the entire, like, packed hallway and building around you is going to kind of start muttering and you hear the the vast cracking of knuckles i do believe we could come to at least a reasonable arrangement uh mr ragtag would you like to be our guide <laughs> um <laughs> well I, I do um <laughs> and he kind of like looks around nervously and pulls at the collar of his shirt I'd I'd love to, but... And he's going to kind of lean forward. Look, fighting's bad for business. I didn't mean to start a goddamn riot. Not going to be your guide following rich folks around at the bottom of a city asking to be killed. Just give me the five gold and I'll tell you where the valve is, kid. Are you sure? Yes, I'm absolutely sure. Five gold will last me absolute months if these fuckers don't mug me and take it from me now that you have their blood up. Um... Nero slips double the, that amount to him. Well, this could either make me a very important man or get me killed. It's about a flip of a... And he looks down at his hands and gulps. Coin. And to tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll draw it on, on, on a piece of paper here. And he, he draws precise directions to the uh, E213 valve cluster. It's, um, it's that way. If you head down that tunnel right there, you'll avoid anybody else who wants to absolutely kick your ass. It takes about 15 minutes longer, but you won't die. And as a, as a, as a seasoned combatant, uh, a Torbjorn, you've definitely experienced the strength in numbers things. Like, not one of these guys has a weapon that's much better than a rusty butter knife, but there's also probably 50 of them and five yeah. of you. So yeah, that tunnel's the fastest way. You guys better get out of here, you <laughs> rascals. And he gulps again. Please leave. Understood. <laughs> I second that motion. As you guys start walking down the tunnel, as soon as you're about to leave, uh, Arcturus says in his usual monotone, zero-volume control voice, It was wise of them to not confront us. I doubt they would wish to die today. I mean, they seem to have some sort of wish, so if you if you want to come back on the way through... They have done nothing wrong. It would not be a noble fight. Not many fights are. So, uh, you guys, you guys follow the map uh, to a narrow passage that leads down a staircase uh, that descends deeper into the base of the tower. With each step down, the odor of mold and sewage becomes stronger, and you can hear liquid sounds increasing in volume as you descend. Oh, joy. So, uh, the narrow staircase that you're descending. Is, is anybody going to, like, do anything, or um, 
the, the, the stairway narrows to about five feet across, uh, so you guys are going to have to march single file. So how do you guys go about this? Several minutes of careful and overthought debate later. So, in order, uh, from first to last, uh, we have Torbjorn, followed by who? Nero. Okay, followed by who? Humana. Okay. And that leaves Kalida, and then Arcturus. And Mr. Whiskers. So, you guys are descending these stairways. Uh, Torbjorn, go ahead and what is your passive perception? A 14. 14. Does a 15 hit? No. Okay. Um, so you see a shadow just barely in the nick of time come around the edge of the corner that you are about to come back. And what have you got out right now? Do you have your weapons out? Yeah, I had my great axe out. Okay, so you barely managed to throw your great axe up in time, and everyone walking down the stairs uh, sees this coming from above, uh, you guys looking down from above Torbjorn, and more importantly, in this dark, dank tunnel, um, hear the ching of metal popping off of metal. So the figure steps up to um, right here, almost in this square right here, but back up against the wall. Torbjorn and anybody up behind Torbjorn, you guys see... Oh, and uh, sorry, I got a retcon for earlier. Each of you that chose standard equipment, so Torbjorn and Humana, you guys also each have an ever-burning torch. Um, and there is <clears throat> no light down here currently. Um, so, Humana, you would be the one holding the torch. Casts about 30-foot radiance, so you guys are fine for now. We're elves, though. Now, anybody who has dark vision is fine. Oh, wait. All of you have so dark think, vision. Yeah. Oh, so it doesn't fuck... Doesn't, That's why I wanted the cloak of bats. Doesn't fucking matter. Okay. All of you have dark vision. Do you know how, like, you know how much that makes my dungeon master dick hard that I don't have to worry about lighting in a fucking underground dungeon? This is so good. Yeah, unless it's magical Great. darkness. Nada. Okay, uh, so the figure pops up right here, um, and all of you see another Warforged. Um, this one is built um, slightly sturdier than... It, it's definitely not one of the big fucking Goliath juggernaut ones. Um, it's very similar to the one that you fought before who had the hooded cloak on the bridge. Um, he's taller, he's built slightly wider, definitely has more of like a soldier build, and he has a rapier in one hand uh, that he clashed against your axe. So he steps back into swordsman's pose, and he is just going to say, You have the provost's journal. It does not sound like a question. Give the book to me and you can live another day. Refuse, and the servants of the Lord of Blades will make your death slow and painful. Who? Uh, all of you actually go ahead and roll uh, knowledge local or knowledge history checks. Damn it. I got an 11. Uh, nat 20. Hell yeah. Damn, oh, son. Five total. I get a 12. That was cute. I got a four. Anybody who got above a 15 um, is going to know that the Lord of Blades, uh, some people think he's just a rumor. 
Um, others have actually clashed with his servants. Uh, the Lord of Blades is a charismatic and supposedly very powerful Warforged leader. Um, his entire platform is not entirely unjustly based on the injustices that the Warforged suffered during the last war, uh, being created entirely to fight wars and being forced to fight them despite, you know, their, their growing sentience as the last war progressed. Um, so as living construct beings, he basically is operating on the platform of Warforged rights. Um, not only that, but he and his followers have retreated into the Mornlands. Um, for those of you that don't know what the Mornlands are, one of the kingdoms that fought in the last war was the Kingdom of Sire. Um, and due to some huge arcane accident, some say it was a smiting of the gods, the entire nation was obliterated. Um, and it is now surrounded by an impenetrable fog and is roamed by strange mutant monsters, uh, random arcane storms. It's not a fun place for organic human beings. Uh, but the Lord of Blades operates out of there. It is, it is rumored or known. Um, so yeah, that's who the Lord of Blades is. So uh, how, how does anyone respond? Are we just gonna roll initiative or is anybody gonna try and talk to him? Please, sir, we wish you no quarrel, but I don't believe we can give you this journal. Roll diplomacy? We... Okay, um? Shit. Oh. Oh, bud. Well, cowabunga it is. <laughs> I don't think I can save that. I was gonna roll to assist, but I'm just like. Mm. So much like I accidentally did, um, he cuts you off mid-sentence, and just says, "I'm not interested in bargaining with you. The journal for the Lord of Blades, or death. Those are your only two options, and I recommend you choose quickly." Oh, death! Sweet I'm death. Gonna have to fight ya. He's going to back up to right here, take a five-foot step away, darting back down the stairs facing you. Uh, so he kind of steps backwards into the shadows, um, except that they're not shadows because you guys have fucking dark vision. And roll initiative. Well, howdy-do, you crazy adventurers and socially distanced buckaroos. It's me, your master of games and rootin' tootin' D20 shootin' nerd boy. That was supposed to be a combination of nerd and cowboy, and it 106% did not work. Anyway, couple of things. Uh, first, thank you, as always, for listening. These early stages of the show uh, are so important, but also the roughest as far as budget and sound quality goes, so we super appreciate your patronage. Y'all are like a dragon-marked house, but your arcane power is listening and being awesome. Second, I wanted to give you a reminder slash disclaimer. Uh, there are sometimes classist themes in this podcast, uh, and we wanted to assure you that they are there with awareness and satirical intent. The characters being filthy rich uh, was actually a role-playing challenge that I chose at random before we started the game. Uh, we decided to roll with it. Get it? Roll with it. It's a, it's a dice joke. Uh, we all, all of us as players, have strong feelings about workers' rights and income equality. I won't go into the depths of it, uh, but this role-play just coincidentally ended up being a good way to bring some of that to light. 
We'd also like to thank Tabletop Audio, as usual, for helping us get extra immersed in the wonders of imagination. All of the background ambience and music you hear during the gaming session is from Tabletop Audio. It's the source, in our opinion, for background ambiences and music to enrich your gameplay experience. The site has a fantastic array and variety of audio for streaming and download. It's all for free. Uh, if you use their audio products to enrich your fun, however, please consider donating or supporting their Patreon. Speaking of Patreon, our Patreon is also a thing. I can't believe I haven't mentioned that before. Right now, you can look for D20-somethings on Patreon. That was our old podcast and still the moniker we're operating underneath here. Uh, and it will include all the content from Quarantine Quest. There's a ton of cool rewards on there straight from us to you, including a lot more forthcoming bonus content. Right now, all proceeds made from any Patreon pledges will be going to the Black Lives Matter movement and related causes. The fight for social justice is still raging on, and every little bit of traction is still important. Change is critical. Coronavirus cases are also spiking in a number of places in the U.S. We were really hoping Quarantine Quest was going to remain just an archaic alliteration, but it appears that's too much to ask. So please continue to be safe and maintain good practices, and we'll continue to provide you with a little bit of adventure. Back to it. Alrighty. Uh, Nero, you barely go first. What do you do? I mean, you're, you're stuck. In the middle. Right, I, I, I mean, you, yeah, you're stuck right behind Torbjorn, and, uh, the other guy just retreated down the stairs, so what do you do? Um, can I kind of see him? Uh, you would not have line of sight to him, no. Okay. He's around the corner now. Okay. Um, I will hold my action. Okay. After that comes this fucker. Uh, he is going to continue to, it sounds like, uh, step away. Uh, so he continues to disappear around the corner, uh, and you guys can no longer see him. Uh, so after that, it is Torbjorn. Um, I am going to kind of step down towards him. Okay, uh, so you start moving down the stairs? Yeah, and start following him. Okay, uh, so he has already exited out the bottom of the stairs, it appears, um, and you can no longer see him. So do you just keep running out to get, run after him? Uh, yeah. Uh, does a 21 hit your AC, your flat-footed AC? Yes, it does. It does. Okay, uh, so, out of nowhere, what feels like uh, several small daggers, and then as you turn to face it, you see this large, large shifter uh, half-formed into, uh, into a hybrid wolf form, um, and his long claws were what just slashed you across the shoulder. Um, so you can keep moving, or you can turn to face him and attack. Um, you are also now standing in a slightly downward-slanted uh, trough with fun, fun, yummy sewer water running through it, as you can see on the map. Uh, so you can you can hear the sound of this stuff sloshing around your boots as you turn to face this guy. I'm gonna hammer this guy out of the way first, real quick. All right, go ahead and roll your attack. Fifteen. Does fifteen hit? Fifteen hits. Yeah, I'll hit him for ten damage. Ten damage, hot diggity. This this guy apparently was not expecting a fully armed dwarf with a fucking great axe to come down the stairs. So he lunged at you, wide open stance, and then you just turn and fucking drove this axe into his side. He staggers back. The The slash wasn't as deep as it could have been, but you definitely got him good. After that, Nero, you were going to move down and around the corner? Oh, 
Yes. Okay. okay. Go ahead and move right your here. move your dude. You're gonna move right there. Okay. Uh, you still don't have line of sight to anyone quite yet. For now, Nero is going to cast Mage Armor. Okay. Wise idea. After that comes Humana. Humana is also going to cast Mage Armor on herself. Okay. And then I guess I'm going to move down just because I can't do anything from where I'm at. So. Okie dokie. Yeah. After that comes uh, Arcturus. So much like you said, Kalita, he's going to kind of like push you kind of gently, kind of irreverently uh, to the side and move past you. Excuse me, sister. And begin walking down the stairs with speed and purpose, only to end up directly behind his other sister. And he sighs heavily. It's your turn. Do I? Can I see these guys? Do I know where they're at? Uh, do you have the Roll20 map open at all? Well, yeah, no, but I'm asking, like, in character, would I be able to guess where they're at or know where they're at? No, you're at the you're at the top back of the stairs entirely around the corner. You just hear clashing. You don't even know what's going on. Yeah, like, all this shaded gray area here, hun, mm-hmm. is solid wall. I will cast the cantrip resistance. Okay. And I will cast it on... Orin's character moving forward because he's still right behind the. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely see him. Yeah. Okay, it's so a cantrip, so. Okay, so you cast resistance on Orin's character. Uh, on top of your your mage armor, all of a sudden the 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 smell is not so bad, Nero, and the the cold seems a little less clammy. And you generally feel a little more prepared to face whatever hardships lie ahead. After that, the order restarts with now uh, the enemy. So. This guy is going to take another swipe at you, Torbjorn. Oh, fuck. Uh, That one definitely hits. And uh, that is going to hit for another 7 damage. Um, So you swiped swiped at him with your great axe, and much like he did, you left yourself wide open. This is a blow-for-blow brawl. Uh, So he rakes his claws across the side of your face, and uh, you feel the flesh behind your ear open up. Then this guy is going to move in. You are now flanked, uh, but that guy actually misses. So he goes in for a swipe at the same time his uh, his compatriot does. You stumble backward from the blow to your face, and your the your the mass of your back slams into this guy right as he was about to swing. After that, it is Nero, or no, sorry, Torbjorn. Um, I'm gonna swing back right back out, like. All right, hit a motherfucker. Eighteen. 19? Yeah, that hits. A 15 damage. Uh, so you give him another big ol' slash across the torso. He's bleeding like a stuck pig now. After that, it is... Humana's turn. Or no, Nero, sorry. You popped into the initiative right behind Torbjorn. That's right. It's Nero's turn. Nero is going to cast Mirror Image. Oh shit, okay. And run down and past. There's three of me now. So, here's how the spell works. If you have three duplicates, you must roll a six or higher to change the attack's target to a duplicate. Okay, so go ahead and roll that, uh, because one of those uh, shifters got an attack of opportunity against you. Okay. Does a 13 hit your duplicate's AC? 
It does not. Okay, so it takes a mad swipe at one of the three of you, who knows which one, as you sprint past Torbjorn and arrange yourself on the other side of the hallway. It is then Jimena's turn. Alright, so I am going to summon my packed weapon as a rapier. Excellent. And I'm going to come around the corner and tell Torbjorn to duck or something like that so that I can get past him. Okay. So you move through his space. Does a 12 hit your AC? No. Okay, so the shifter missed his attack of opportunity against you as you run around. Um, So you've made your move action. Uh, What Do you take an attack action or a spell action of any kind? Do I see this guy? The Warforged. Uh, Yes, yes, from your position you would be able to see him against the wall there. Okay, so I'm going to cast Poison Spray using my rapier as my focus. Oh shit, okay. I extend my hand toward a creature I can see within 10 feet of me and project a puff of noxious gas from my palm. Creature must succeed on a constitution saving throw or take 1d12 poison damage. What's the saving throw? Uh, it's going saving. No, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, so go ahead and roll your damage. Six damage. Nice. All right, he takes six damage. Uh, it is Arcturus's turn, so he is going to take off. He's going to move 5, 10, 15, 20. Um, also past Torbjorn. Oh. So. I love it when this happens. You look so flustered, guys. Hot diggity shit. Okay. Did he suck or did he do good? So you know those attacks of opportunity everybody was getting made against them? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So Arcturus is going to run down and attempt to run through Torbjorn's square, and he's a big enough target, and this other shifter is pissed off enough that he has missed everyone else who ran through, that as soon as Arcturus's bulk comes around the edge, this shifter is going to immediately reach out sink his hands in under the edge of Arcturus's breastplate, give a heave, and literally throw Arcturus onto his face in this square right there, and dig his claws into the back of his neck and start ripping. He rolled a crit, confirmed the crit, and Arcturus failed a fortitude save. So... Uh, I don't like that. That was 14 damage to Arcturus, and it's your turn. Cool. So I'm gonna come down and around the corner to about yonder where I can... Can I see them? Like, if I'm at the base of the stairs, could I see like the one that's on my brother? Yes. Cool. So having seen my like undead warrior brother thrown around like a rag doll, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to summon my spiritual weapon. Okay. And I'm gonna do it yonder style. It's gonna be a t- just small little arrow. She's just gonna hold her hawk moth brooch. Okay. And just summon her weapon with every intent to kill this motherfucker and make him stay dead. So what? what is your spiritual weapon then? It's a little arrow. It's a little self-flying arrow. Okay, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Uh, we'll treat it as a short bow. Okay, but when it says when you can spell, cast the spell, you can make a melee spell attack against a creature within five feet on, of the weapon. I can just say it's a ranged weapon, but it can only fire within the range that it can be cast at, which I believe is like 60 feet. So, yeah, go ahead. Well, that was a 19 Uh, Yeah, it hits. Five. Okay, five damage. 
uh, get him. So um, after that, it cycles to the valves. So you guys see those little things labeled 1 through 12. So, um, let's see. Torbjorn, you're going to hear this behind you, and then Jimena and Nero, uh, Nero, if you turn around real quick, which you would in surprise, um, valve number three, this one right here, um, you hear a metal sluice gate rustily coming up, and a torrent of rancid bilge water um, and sewer water is going to pour violently out of it for about five seconds, and then the sluice gate comes down and shuts it off. Um, looking around, you see that there are six of these valves on either wall. It is now... The enemy's turn. So, the one misses Torbjorn. Ar- Arcturus is beginning to push himself to his, uh, to his knees and fight back, so the guy goes in for another swipe at the back of his neck, and Arcturus throws his elbow up and, like, smashes the guy, um, at least keeping the arm off of him. And the Warforged, <laughs> who just took five, six, something like that, poison damage. It, you, they're machines, so they don't breathe, but you can see that the um, acid in the poison dispersion had started melting away his faceplate. Um, so, with eerie holes, eerie steaming holes in the front of his face, he's going to um, go ahead and move in to attack you, Himena. Uh, coming in with his rapier, he swings only a ten. Um, after that is Torbjorn. I am gonna keep swinging at that guy until he's dead. Okay, sounds like an excellent tactic. 24 hit? <laughs> yeah, that hits. You've literally doubled his AC. Um, but I only do 7 damage. That's okay. You've done a total of like 30 or 40 to this guy so far, I think. Yeah. So, um, you get a nice big old mick attack in. After that is Nero. Nero's going to point at the shifter closest to Dak Arcturus? Arcturus. And... A sound of Dolorous Bells will animate around him, and that shifter will need to make a wisdom save. Save throw. Ooh, what's the DC? 13. Uh, you said a wisdom saving throw? Yes. Yeah, he doesn't have a fucking plus 8. He fails. Cool. So he takes 1d12 damage. Holy shit. Did you basically Total just, up. like, sonic damage the fuck out of him? No. It's actually necrotic damage. It's called Toll of the Bell. Oh my god! Okay, um, so he like he immediately clutches his head with only him hearing the sound of these like ringing funeral bells, and you watch his face emaciate um, as the life is drained out of him. How much damage did you do? Nine. Holy shit! Dead. So you fucking drain drain some energy out of this guy's face. He is definitely still kicking. He's not dead, but he is. Uh, He's not being treated well. After that comes Humana. You've got uh, whoever the fuck this guy is, servant of the Lord of Blades, all up in your face. Yeah, I'm noticing that. So uh, let's Eldritch Blast his ass. Okay. I think with ranged attacks and ranged spell attacks, you'll provoke an attack of opportunity. Uh, so it is up to you whether or not you want to do that. One second thought. Let's do Shocking Grasp, because why the heck not? Hell yes. Okay, go ahead. That's cute. Or not. 
Oh, bud. What was it? That's a nat one. Oh, no. Oh, no, bud. Yep. Am I about to watch my sister die? Does 16 hit your AC? Yes. Okay. Um, so you go to shock and grasp him, and uh, as you reach out your hand with... Wait, I do have a question, though. Yes. Is he wearing me- armor made of metal? Wait, he's made of metal. He's partially made of metal, so yes. I have advantage on that attack. Oh, shit. Roll it again. Please be better. 14 total. Four, 14 total? Yeah. Barely misses. At least it's not a crit. But it was not a critical failure. So, you barely misses, but you don't get stabbed through the hand. After cool. that comes Arcturus. So Arcturus uses a move action to pull himself up off the floor and then turns to face the shifter, um, who's still kind of like clinging his head and stumbling backwards. And he's just going to say, Attacking from the shadows. Smart, but dishonorable. And then he's going to take a swing. (laughs) That's an 18 uh, plus whatever the hell Arcturus swings. Regardless, uh, it hits. And that is 14 damage. So he takes a swing with this big-ass elven long blade and just, like, lays the front of this guy's chest open. After that comes Kalita. So seeing that Arcturus is taking care of himself, I'm going to shift my arrow towards the metal dude and hit him because he's attacking my sister, and I don't like that. Nobody is allowed to have the desire to stab my sister in a murderous fashion but me! Really, though? As much as we argue, we are still siblings. And that was a 17 on the roll. You hit. You hit. Four plus two. Six damage. In the eyeball. Nice. I like it. So it goes into his already weakened eye hole, takes out a chunk of metal and a chunk of wood on the way out the back of his head. You hear like a little bit of sparking and whirring as like it goes through the gears inside his head. So Can we give Mr. Whiskers a scritch? After that, I, I imagine you just sitting like at, like tensely at the entrance of this like doorway out of the stairs, like petting the dog with one hand and directing the arrow with the other. <laughs> After that comes... The enemy. So you are weakening the hell out of this guy, Torbjorn. He is not even making a hit at you. You were caught by surprise, but you have once again regained the control of the battlefield. The shifter that Arcturus hit is not even going to attack back. Like, he's just standing there heaving. He missed so bad. Um, And the Warforged also misses the fuck out of you, Kalita. So he, the, I'm just going to say he went to like take a deft stab at you, and then right as he was about to hit, he just got an arrow through the fucking eye and froze in place. So, after that comes Torbjorn. Gonna hit him again. 18. That hits. I don't, I don't know if you're very capable of not hitting this guy. <laughs> yeah, I got like a plus 7 every time. Oh, yeah. You'd have to roll below a five. Fourteen. He goes down. So... Finally! Despite all his his feral efforts, you finally just, like, 
drive the blade of your axe upwards uh, and like split this guy's chin in half. Um, and he falls backward with blood gushing out of the front of his face. Um, and the wolf slowly shifts out of him, and you recognize the burly, hairy man that Nero was initially talking to up top. So, after that comes Nero himself. Nero is going to move here, point at the same shifter, and cast Toll of the Dead. Okay. So, same DC 13 save. Uh, He did succeed this one. Okay, nothing happens. So this time you go to cast it on, he starts hearing the bells, and then, like, he goes to reach for his head, he covers each of his ears, and then immediately snaps his head sideways to look at you and just... (laughs) So, after that, you're lucky you moved, Oren, because Spout 10 opens up. This time you can actually see it immediately. The sluice gate pulls itself up through the sludge that has coated its tracks, and the water jets outwards. Oh, shit. In the same row as the active valve. So actually, go ahead and roll a DC 15 reflex save. Okay. So, five. You are knocked on your ass. So okay. you are you are now prone. Um, but thankfully that happened uh, after you took your turn. So, then it is Jimena, face-to-face so, with whatever this guy's fucking name is. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to try that uh, shocking grasp again. Okie dokie. <laughs> and let's take that advantage. You keep getting the worst rolls. I know. I'm kind of frightened for you. Those are the exact same rolls, too! Oh, no. No. All right. Well, once again, better than a crit fail. After that comes Arcturus. So Arcturus is going to turn, take a swing at angry, angry boy and miss. Uh, then it's Humanus' turn. You mean Kalita's? Or er, Kalita, sorry. Damn it. Plus, like, four, so that's a 12. Not gonna hit. So your arrow comes back at what's-his-fuck for another another turn, and um, as soon as he begins moving again after it passed through his head, um, as the arrow comes back, you can't tell if he can hear it whistling through the air or if it was simple luck, but he throws his non-sword arm up behind him, and your arrow glances off of the metal surrounding his arm. So, after that, it cycles back to the valves again. I'm supposed to be doing this at the beginning of every turn. Nero got lucky. Valve 9 opens. Um, go ahead and roll your duplicate a DC 15 reflex save. So go ahead and roll one, but it's not for you, it's for your duplicate. Also crap. <laughs> that duplicate standing Lord. in front of Valve 9 is gone. The water passes directly through him in a rushing, rancid torrent, and it dissipates under the force of the rushing water. After that, it is Tor... Nope, it's the enemy. So, Shifter, this one, is going to take advantage of your prone state and rush forward and make an attack at you. What is your flat-footed AC? Attacks of opportunity from anyone because he moved out of our threatened spaces. Oh, shit. Uh, He provokes one from Arcturus. You're in melee with the other guy. 
Uh, Torbjorn. Oh yeah, I suppose he would provoke one from Torbjorn as well. So go ahead and roll that attack of opportunity, Torbjorn. Ten. <laughs> Does a ten hit? Uh, nope. For once, you missed him. Um, Arcturus did nine damage, which may have, um, you know, sliced open the back of his thigh or something on the way, uh, but this guy is wicked fast, um, so he's going to roll against... I feel like Arcturus did better in the pits, damn. Oh, son of a bitch. Okay, what well, what was your flat-footed AC, Oren? Um, well, I got mage armor up, so it kind of just becomes 14. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, well, he misses... So he goes to bring his claws down into you, and they would have sunk deep, deep into your shoulder, uh, but he encounters like this weird vibrating wall of force, tries to for- force past it, and fails, withdrawing his hands, getting ready to go in for another attack. After that, it is Torbjorn. I am going to... I'm close to the blade guy, right? Yep. Uh, I'm going to swing um, at Mr. Lord Blade, sir. <laughs> Lord Blazer. Ex- ex- excuse me, Mr. Servant of Lord Blazer. Yeah, f- <laughs> fuck you, probably. And he already hit you with an unnatural tw- or 22. A 22? Shit, 22. fuck, fam. Yeah, you hit. I, uh, 10 damage. Hot shit. So, like to hit him with 10, please. Okay. Uh, you swing your axe and much like last time, feel like you're about to chop a tree in half. Um, you you wince a little bit as the sharp, pretty edge of your masterwork axe um, sparks and grinds and clashes against the gears internally, but you just split the wood of his back open and knocked quite a few gears out of place. Uh, this guy is not in great shape. After that comes Nero, who's currently being attacked by a pseudo-werewolf being concerned and in a panic, Nero uses his once a day racial ability face down. You know, so he just disappears in a puff of smoke. Okay. To right here. Alright, and you are safely on the opposite fucking side of the the sewer trail. After and that was my bonus action. Oh shit, okay. And am I still prone? I'm gonna say yes if you just literally like teleported, uh, but you since it was a bonus action, you could still move to get up and cast a spell if you wanted. So then, in a panic, Nero's just gonna get up and, again, just kind of focus on the shifter and make him roll another wisdom save. Okay. And yeah, no, 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 he does not make it at all. Three damage. It's you're, you're chipping away at him. He's still not looking great. He uh, he clutches his ears, and this time he straight up fucking howls with uh, the noise of his agony reverberating through the sewer tunnel. After that is Humana. Well, let's try this again. Okay. Can I go with Shocking Grasp again? Yep. Don't run out of spell slots, homie. Uh, shocking Grasp for me is a cantrip. Oh, shit, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, there you go. Uh, does 12 hit? It does not. Well, you know, at least I'm getting something different on my rolls. Yeah, it wasn't a 1 and a 5 this time. Or a 1 and a 7. 9? Whatever it was. After that is Arcturus, um, who is going to... 
uh, with you two handling the Lord of Blades, it seems, he is going to move up. Um, and as this shifter howls at the ceiling, he is going to take advantage of the opening that Nero gave him, and he is going to just run his blade through the center of this shifter's chest, dropping it dead to the floor. And after that comes Kalida. Cool. And now that there's not people to take attacks of opportunity at you, if you wanted, you could step out. You can move through an ally's square. Because yeah. I was going to cast Command. Save follows one word command, such as approach, drop, flee, grovel, or halt. I'm going to say kneel. Okay. Uh, what is the save DC? 14. 14. So he must roll a DC 14 wisdom save. This this could be the end of the fight. You want to tell them what that number is? It's an eight. And he has no wisdom modifier. Um, he's backing up and drawing on every reserve of mechanical uh, prowess he has, uh, getting ready to go in for one last blaze of glory with this rapier, and then from in the stairs, booming through the uh, the sewer, comes the word. Neil. And all of a sudden he stops. And he looks you dead in the eye, Jimena, and you can see, like, sparks coming out from behind them. And his jaw, like, his metal jaw tightens upwards into his face. And you can hear the grinding of metal and the creaking of wood as he slowly and forcibly, vibrating with resistance the whole time, drops to his knees in front of you. What do you guys do? Didn't kill him. You're gonna kill him? No, he's got. We probably should not kill him. Okay. He's got probably got some information. That's kind of my train of thought. Are we in, still in combat? Nope. Um, Nero would walk forward and pull a net out of his backpack. Perhaps we can use this to immobilize him. Uh, yeah, I'll help him with the net and throw it over him. All right, so Torbjorn kind of almost grabs the net out of your hand, runs toward him, and between the both of you, you manage to loop it over him. And uh, how how do you keep it there? Like, do you wrap him up in it and hogtie him? Or are you just going to hold it down and hope he can't break out? Entangle him, essentially. Okay. Okay, so one, one way or another, you entangle him. Um, he's going to roll a strength check, and he only rolled a five. He is in bad condition and is in no way, shape, or form able to break out of this net. So eventually he just kind of stops struggling and uh, lies there, unspeaking, with sparks kind of shooting out of random orifices in his body. What do y'all do? I'm just going to walk over, Mr. Whiskers in tow, trotting, happily clacking. (laughs) (laughs) The sound of his tiny little clicketing footsteps echoing through this wide and dank chamber. I'm gonna I'm gonna get aggressive with him and ask him who the hell is he. You're gonna bad cop. Alright. So let's uh, yeah. let's gonna, do this. You're your Torbjorn, I'm this motherfucker. Let's do it. Alright, who the hell are you, man? What are you doing attacking us? I told you already. I serve the Lord of Blades. Yes, but that doesn't tell us who you are. This one's name is Saber. You're, so you're Saber and you work for the Lord of Blades. What are you doing for the Lord of Blades? Are you part of a collective? Yeah. Go ahead and go ahead and roll an intimidate check there, uh, Torgarn. Twenty-two. Holy shit! 
he's he's he, he tries to move like in the net again and that last attempt at movement like completely cracks open his back and a bunch of gears fall out and all of a sudden he can't move his arms or legs and then you step forward slightly like holding the axe that broke his back open and say kind of calmly but very very threateningly it's like what exactly are you doing for the lord of blades and he looks up at you for a minute and then kind of turns his head downward into the sludge and uh, he says, The schema. The schema that you were sent to find for Lady Eladrin. The Lord of Blade wants it. By rights, it belongs to us! Who is us? The Warforged! Did you call Dibs? The... I, I don't know what this Dibs is that you speak of, but this... It's ours, and that's what you're going to have to deal with. This schema was an abomination of great power created by House Kenneth. House Kenneth was the ones that made us, the ones that threw us into the war to fight abominations like your brother! And he's going to kind of, he's going to kind of look up in Arcturus's direction. We suffered. We paid for being simply born at the hands of House Kenneth. That schema by rights, belongs to us. There's more of us, and we will not let you lay a hand on that cursed pattern. Uh, are we the... Are we in the wrong here? Well, old grudges. Honestly... I don't know. I just know that we're getting paid. Everyone is in the wrong according to someone. Uh, he, he, he says no more. He, he doesn't give up any more argument at this point. He just kind of, like, slumps downward into the into the gross goop and, uh, and, and doesn't speak anymore. So unless you guys have more questions for him. How many are you? I'm one. <laughs> they're like cyborgs, okay. right? No, they're literally living constructs. I can't raise him from the dead then, can I? No. Damn it. We at least pull him out to the sludge and perhaps leave him on the stairs. It's a rather disgraceful sight, really. I mean, you don't just leave someone like this lying around. He's gonna go find the rest of his people. Oh no, yeah. If we're done with him, let's get rid of him. He's a construct. And at this, at this, he turns his head and, and looks directly up at you. We are alive! Saber. What? Is there any way? Is there any way that we could resolve this peaceably? End me quickly. Just do it. I'll do it. Okay. How do you? How do you coup de gras this guy? I guess I would just kind of chop his head off. Okay. You chop his head off. Um, let's see who's standing right next to him. Jimena, Torbjorn, and Kalita, all of you roll reflex saves. 17 plus reflex would be a dexterity save? Or dexterity, sorry. I'm still using old terms. Yeah, I am a, a three. So 19? Seven. Okay, so uh, everyone standing near him, including Nero, witnesses 
um, as his body slumps down into the goop for the final time, a small silver circle um, right in between his shoulder blades pop out of them, and immediately the, the two halves of it split apart and a pair of whirring mechanical wings carries this little this little thing that popped out of his back up into the air and it goes zipping up the stairs. It's far too fast for either you, Torbjorn, or you, Jimena, to catch. Kalita, you see it coming with uh, the quickness of your eye and like reach out to snag it and you feel the tip of its wing hit your fingers. It's like when you try to catch a fly and you feel it in your palm for just a second. Bye-bye, little butterfly. And it slips past you. Go ahead and roll knowledge arcana checks, anybody who has that. I got a 20. Holy shit. I got a 17. Okay, so both of you kind of look at each other for a moment in this mutual moment of knowing and vague unease. What that is, is it is called a final messenger. You didn't see them in the bodies of the last two you killed. Uh, it was it was very dark and rainy. It was a little hard to see. But a final messenger is something that, um, you know, whether it's a mercenary band that needs to report back to their employer when they've found something, whether it's, you know, placed on a spy that's being sent into enemy territory to notify anybody if they've been captured or killed, a final messenger ar- arcanely records an image of the last several minutes of this person's life or before it's dispatched and carries it back to wherever it was programmed to carry it back to. In this case, more than likely the Lord of Blades. So it's a good chance that sometime within the next day or two, the Lord of Blades will know exactly what happened to this particular lieutenant and what all of your faces look like. Hey. Well, we'll kill him too. <laughs> Admittedly, this all leaves a really bad taste in my mouth. This doesn't seem right. I wish to talk with the, our employer when we return. Agreed. It is ignoble of an employer or a general to not inform their troops of enemies. I wonder if Lady Eladrin knows these enemies. They know. He's going to uh, pick up the Warforged bodily, uh, still wrapped up in the net, and he's going to walk over um, to this side of the room where just past here, um, there's a very, very rusted iron grate uh, beyond which you can hear the sewage falling down an indeterminate uh, distance into lower channels. Uh, Arcturus is going to walk up. He's going to give the gate one big fucking kick, um, wrench some of it open, and then just yeet the Warforged's body <laughs> through the through the hole in the gate and down into the into the sewer. You think you might hear a plop, but it's way too far down to tell. Then he's going to just say, "He fought well. We should continue." A short rest would be cool. <laughs> I don't know, party party votes. Discuss it. I'd like a short rest as well. I I got ten plus damage. If you don't mind, I would like to catch my breath. Alright. 
Hearing this from down the tunnel, Arcturus is going to kind of stop, and then he'll turn around and trudge back through the water. Very well. And he'll uh, walk back up the stairs to about here. Uh, He's going to turn towards the top of the stairs, and he's just going to kind of uh, take... He's going to take the tower shield that he... uh, Or, not tower shield, the heavy steel shield uh, that he keeps on his back. He's going to take it out and just drive the tip of it down into... uh, this stair, like right here, with the outside of it facing up the stairs, and then just turn around and sit on the stairs behind it, using it as kind of blocking cover. And he's just going to say, I will watch the ingress. Take the time you need. And uh, so everybody kind of finds a hopefully relatively dry and not too stinky place to sit down. Is he standing or sitting? He's sitting. Okay. Kalita's gonna sit, like, with her back to his back so she can lean her head back on him. Oh, he's sitting with his back to the shield. But if, if, if you walked up and just, like, tapped him on the shoulder, I'm sure he would turn sideways. Yeah, just so she can lean, lean her head on him and be like, oh, boy. <laughs> and uh, with that, we will go ahead and end tonight's session. Next time you can uh, find the arcane door within the sewers that leads down... 57 stories into the depths of Dorishard Tower. Thank you for listening to Quarantine Quest, City of Towers. The cast of Quarantine Quest is Oren Brown, Kara Schmidt, Chuck Welker, and Mary Emmert. Game mastery and additional voice acting by Dustin Sipes. Background music and ambience by Tabletop Audio. Original intro and outro music by J. Karsten Neal. Find more of his music under the title King Zebra on SoundCloud. The Eberron campaign setting was created by Keith Baker, and all Eberron content, including the Forgotten Forge adventure path, is property of Wizards of the Coast. Thanks for listening, and as always, may all your adventures be epic, and none of your treasure chests be mimics.